Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. So when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me now in my affliction. Heal me. Those in the crowd were indignant in the church and scolded him. Stoltekerk for making so much noise. Some of you get, get, get fed up with people shouting and people being excited about Jesus. And people come and they say, I've never seen Jesus shout. But I'll tell you, everybody Jesus touched surely shouted. Come on, if the Lord touched you and you are saved and you are born again, you can jump to your feet, agitate the devil and give the Lord a shout of praise today. Come on. Now come on, make a joyful shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. So people say to him, still the kerk. Thy kerk is still light. Thy means a light to feel in thy kerk. Well, it is near my graf this is a resurrection center where we celebrate the life of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The grave is empty. The cross is empty. Our Savior is alive. Our Savior is risen. Now watch what I'm saying. I don't want to preach and here comes the preach. Hallelujah. But he kept on shouting and shouting with all his might. Son of David, have mercy on me now and heal me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him Yah. So they went to the blind man and said, have courage, get up. <clears throat> Jesus is calling for you. So he threw off his beggar's garment. He threw off his beggar's garment. While he was still a beggar and blind, when he got the attention of Jesus, he knew everything was going to be okay. I'm telling you, I don't care what you're facing, things are going to turn out okay because God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And he made his way to Jesus and, and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you in 2024? And the man replied, Master, please let me see again. Jesus responded, your faith has healed you. Go in peace with your sight restored. All at once the man's eyes open. Somebody's eyes are going to open. Somebody's going to get out of their depression today. Somebody's going to get a touch of God in their physical body today. Somebody will have hope restored today. Sitting in the presence of Jesus. Hallelujah. And he began at once to follow Jesus. Walking down the road with Him. Touched. Changed. And he began to follow Jesus Christ. I want to continue today to talk about casting aside the beggar's garment. Bottom eyes are low blind. A beggar, we spoke about that last week, knew that his only hope was in the person of Jesus Christ. He was sitting by the right road, knowing that Jesus was going to pass by. Knowing that if Jesus touched him, his life would never be the same. How many of you can testify, my life has never been the same since Jesus touched me. Hallelujah. I think he was at the place that he was fed up with being fed up. He was at the place of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. He was at, uh, he was at the place of being tired 
of being as low as he could go. I'll tell you something. If you are rock bottom this morning, there's one place for you to go and that is up. And your Lord and Savior is the glory and the lifter of your head. He's going to lift you out of the miry clay. He's going to lift you out of your prison. He's going to restore hope and life back to you. Say amen in the name of Jesus. I think you had enough of sitting. And I pray to God that some of you become desperate. That you have enough of your situation. That you do not justify your condition any longer. But you know Jesus came that you may have life. And that you may have it more abundantly. Jesus came to open the prison doors. Jesus came to set the captives free. Jesus came to bring a blessing to your life. Jesus came to break the curse over your life. So you're not going to sit in a dusty road no longer. You're not going to sit in a place of depression no more. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, because He has anointed me. I'll tell you that Jesus is here today. And no matter what prison you are in today, He wants to open those prison doors. He wants to bring you out. And He wants to set you free and put you on a new road, on a path of life. Hallelujah. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. No man comes to the Father but by me. You may have been sitting in a dusty road, but today the Lord, the Savior, the Master, the Deliverer is passing you by and you don't have to cling on to your beggar's garment. You can allow Him to come and rid you of your shame and your pain and your hurt and your past and your brokenness. You can allow Him to put a new robe upon you and restore your sight so that you can see the future that God has for you. Say amen in Jesus' name. You cannot sit at the road of guilt any longer. You cannot sit at the road of shame any longer. You cannot hold on to your pain any longer. It's time to get up and to follow Jesus out of your pain. Follow Jesus out of your brokenness. Follow Jesus out of your depression. Follow Jesus out of your despair. Follow Jesus out of your shame because He came to put a new robe upon you. A robe of righteousness. A robe of sonship. He came to set you free. Oh, I feel the anointing of God in this place. Somebody give the Lord a praise. This is not an emotion. This is a celebration. Come on. Oh, you better praise Him like Jesus is passing you by this morning. Because you're not going to stay in that place no more. You better make up your mind. I'm not staying in this place any longer in Jesus' name. So we spoke about the garments, what a beggar's garment may represent. The first thing I spoke about last week is the garment of sin, a life stained by sin, the smell, the stench, the killed condemnation that comes with wearing the robe of sin. As children of God, we have to understand that we have been redeemed from our past life. We are no longer sinners. We are now saints. Hallelujah. We are now saved by the grace of God. We are no longer in a prison of sin. Galatians 5 verse 1, the Bible says, It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Come on. He has come to break the power and the yoke of sin over your life. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He may destroy the works of the devil. So this morning, you are a new creature. He has clothed you with a garment of righteousness. You are not a sinner. 
any longer. Stop acting like a sinner, thinking like a sinner, talking like a sinner, associating with a sinful life and begin to identify with the new life you have in Christ Jesus. You are righteous. You are born again. You have a new nature. You are a partaker of the divine nature. Begin to walk as that new creature. Straighten your back, lift your head and walk in the righteousness that Jesus obtained for you. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Verse 21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. That means in right standing. I mean, on the cross, Jesus emptied himself of his deity. Jesus who is God, who was God, Jesus who is in the beginning, the Word of God, all things created by Him, sinless, spotless, born as a little baby to redeem you and me that were held captive by the law and bound to sin. On the cross, He emptied Himself and He was stripped of all His privileges so that you and I could accept what He did for us. He became, the Bible says, sin so that you and I could become righteous. I want you to say it this morning. Say, I am. Say it. Say, I am the righteousness. Say it. Of God in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 34, the Bible says, Awake to righteousness and do not sin. Don't try to get away from sin because Jesus dealt with your sin. You have to awaken to righteousness and you have to walk in the garment of righteousness. Isaiah 61 verse 10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. That's why when we come to church, we don't suck lemons. Amen. Our ushers are not standing at the doors handing out lemons. And even if they did, you can turn that lemons into lemonade. And put a smile on your dial. And rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice and be happy that you are saved, that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. Come on there on TBN. Jump out of your couch. You're not a couch potato. And give the Lord a praise. Come on, make your neighbor mad or get their attention that you are saved, that you are happy and you are not ashamed to rejoice in the Lord always says, my soul shall be joyful in God. Why? For He has clothed me with the garment of salvation. When I least deserved it, He saved me. For by grace you are saved through faith. It's a gift of God. And He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. The second robe I want to talk about is the robe of sonship. The opposite of sonship is slavery. Well, a lot of people are saved, born again, have the Holy Ghost on the inside of them but they still think like beggars. They still talk like beggars. They act like beggars. It's like they are begging the master for the crumbs on his table because they do not understand what Jesus did for them. That once they are born again, they are no longer slaves. They are no longer bound by slavery. They are no, con- no, no, no longer controlled by the emotion of a fear, which is the emotion of a slave. Fear of rejection, fear of punishment, fear of banishment. Now they are sons and daughters of the living God. Hallelujah. Adopted into the family of God. And that means as a child of God, I have certain privileges. I am a child of God. 
undeserving though it may be, I have been adopted into the family of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, say amen in Jesus' name. If we don't understand sonships, we are going to live as slaves. Born again on the inside, but still live as slaves. Think and talk and act like a slave. Not understanding the privilege we have. Not understanding that as a son, as a daughter. Now don't get confused, but you're all sons of God. You understand that spiritually? Because in the life you're after, there's no male nor female. Don't get confused now with what's coming out of Canada. Just listen to what I'm saying, okay? So in the life you're after, you're not going to be married to mama. She's going to be your brother. I'm going to take that further because people are going to quote that and say, listen what this pastor preached because that's what the fools do on social media. So uh, they take a portion out of context and they run away with it. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) I'm not going to go further with this because I'm going to get into trouble, but trouble is my middle name. Amen. Okay, whatever. Whatever. Righteous trouble. Good. I'll talk about it tonight. What happened in Poch? So um, let's make the devil mad and the religious people mad and people that think they can control our young people and control the higher learner institutions. It's time to straighten our backs and to stand up for righteousness, not stand against anything. Oh, come on, somebody, man. Somebody born for this hour. Somebody that knows you are born for this hour. You are alive for this hour to make a difference. Just move a little bit and give him a praise today because passive people will change nothing. So we are now sons and not slaves. No longer slaves to sin. No longer slaves of fear. No longer slaves to our past. So if people remind you of your past, you remind them of your future. Because your past is under the blood. Your sins have been forgiven. You have been washed. You have been justified. Your past has been eradicated in Jesus' name. So stop allowing the devil to beat you up with guilt and shame and condemnation. And you get up out of that prison of guilt and shame. Because you are no longer bound as a slave to your past life in Jesus' name. You are no longer a slave to your hurt, to your grief, to your pain, to your guilt, to your shame, to condemnation. No longer a slave, but a son. Galatians 5 verse 1, the Bible says it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Colossians 1, He delivered us from the powers of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of His dear Son. The moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the greatest miracle takes place. Instantly, you are translated. You are born again. You are recreated. Not a makeover. You can go to a a plastic surgeon and have them put polyfiller into you uh, uh, and, and, and do a makeover, which is okay. But Jesus doesn't do a makeover. He makes you brand new. Come on. You are recreated. You were a sinner. Now you are righteous. You are a sinner no more. You are born again. You are blood washed. You are sanctified. Means you are set apart. You are justified just as you never sinned. You are declared righteous. You are in right standing with God. This is good news, my brother and my sister. Get that biggest mindset out of you. Get that robe of slavery off of you. Stop living in guilt and shame and fear of God's judgment because Jesus paid the price for all your sins, past, future, and present. 
So when you accept Jesus, you become a son, daughter of God. John 1 verse 12, as many as he received him, to them he gave the power, the right, the privilege to become a son or a child of God. How many of you have accepted Jesus Christ? Lift your hand. Amen. So we, we're not going to live like those beggars. We're going to stop talking like those beggars. I don't know if I'm going to get there today, um, but we're going to talk about inheritance, heir, joint heir with Christ. We are joint heirs with Christ, not inferior with Him. He purchased an inheritance for all of us, which is ours by right, by birth, by covenant. So people sit over there, born again as children of God, sons of God. And Hosea 4 verse 6 says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So they are alienated from God's life that Jesus purchased for them. And by the way, He never died just to get you to heaven. Thank God for salvation. But He did more than die for you just to get you to heaven. He purchased a life for you on this earth. A life of freedom, a life of dominion, a life of blessing and a life of prosperity. Say amen in Jesus' name. So people want us to believe the poorer, the holier. You want to follow Christ, you have to be poor. How many of you believe that? Don't put up your hand. Well, poverty is a curse. Poverty is a result of the curse. Anything that robs the life that Jesus obtained for you is not God's will for you. No matter how the religious people try to justify it. Because a religious mind is a mind that is still controlled by a slave mindset. They don't understand their inheritance in Christ. I mean, you as an earthly father understand inheritance. You as an earthly father understand access, that your child has access, unrestricted access. A slave has restricted access. You as a parent know that if it's within your power, you will do anything to help your child. Why do we doubt God? Why do we doubt the love that God has for us? Because we're not established in sonship. We sons, but we think like slaves. My people perish for lack of knowledge. A, 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 a slave desires what the son has, but never walks in what the son has. Uh, uh, write it somewhere this morning. Write it there this morning. Say, I am the privileged one. Yes, you are. Oh, you better clap better than that if you believe it. I'm the privileged one. Thank you. I'm the apple of his eye. You say, Pastor, who do you think I am? I'm the special one. You should think exactly the same. That's up to you. I mean, my three kids, one, neither of them think they're inferior to the other. They think they're the big deal. My grandkids, I tell them all, you're the big boss. No, I'm the big, big boss. I say, you're the big boss. Next boy, you're the big boss. You're the big boss. Tell them who they are. Don't tell them who they're not. I mean, religious people just tell people all the time who they're not, what they don't have, what they can't expect. And this robs people of their confidence. You can't because people think, I don't deserve anything. Well, my kids deserve nothing 
but they are entitled to everything because of me. I deserve nothing, but I have the right to everything as a joint heir, as a child of God. Oh, come on, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So Ephesians 1 verse 3, the Bible says, having predestined us to the adoption of as sons by Jesus Christ. I'll, 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 I don't want to change the word, but uh, put your hand on your heart this morning and say, I, say it, say it. Say, I am a child of God. I'm not going to use the word son because people get confused with um, the confused, Confucius agendas out there propagated by people to force all of us into slavery. You get this. Governments force us into slavery. I mean, really, after the state of the nation, back to, to, to stage six, and we fixed all the country's problems. Let me say no more. Our healthcare system better. God bless South Africa. Galatians 3 verse 26, the Bible says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, all of you. You're not a grandchild. You're not a slave. You're a son, a daughter. That means you have privilege. You have access. Galatians 4 verse 4, the Bible says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, Mary, born under the law, fulfilling the law, to redeem, that means to purchase with His blood, those who were under the law. The law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, but the law could never save us or change us. That's why we needed a Saviour. To redeem those who were under the law, because under the law we were what? Servants. Please get it. Under the law, only the high priest had access to God once a year. Moses had access to God. David had access to God. But you and I never had access. We were servants. We were slaves. We were held in check by the law. And the law produces fear, which is the emotional state of a slave. Fear of rejection, fear of punishment, fear of banishment, meaning God's going to kick you out of His presence. God will turn His back on you. And that's what sin does. Sin revives guilt and condemnation. And then people feel that God has rejected them. No, God will never reject you. God will never turn His back on you. You're a child of God. You're not saved today and lost tomorrow. When you are saved, you are saved. Say amen in Jesus' name. People say once saved, not always saved. Well, is that the same for your child? Are you now talking about yourself? That you're one of those fathers that control your child from the grave? Like my generation, our fathers wrote us out of their will if we did not comply to their rules and laws and regulations. They controlled us with their money. They controlled our future with their desires. Well, maybe you still believe that as a man. Your God doesn't control you from the grave. Your God liberated you from the grave and through His resurrection in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
Your God loves us all equally. He doesn't love Him more than you. He loves us the same in the name of Jesus. Say Amen. So He came to redeem those under the law. That purpose we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. I mean, little baby born. Is it mama? No, my kids were all papa, papa, papa. First kids, I look, I taught my kids. First thing you know is dada. So I would go like, da 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 Ek sien, maar as ek seker goed sê, jou vrou kijk jy net so, dan raak jy so stil soos een meis. Maar dis recht. Sy is die baas. Ons weet het allemaal. Ons maak ons die baas, as hulle is die baas. Ons weet het, elke man weet het. As hulle jou so kijk, dan weet die moeilijkheid. Nou maar gaan golf speel. Nou, Jesus was born under the law to redeem those under the law, so that we could become sons. So what does it mean to be a son? I have to move quick. Being a son firstly means assurance, assurance of salvation, assurance of God's unconditional love, assurance of God's unconditional acceptance. You are accepted in the beloved. So as a child of God, I have the assurance now if God is for me, who can be against me? Not God is for me today and against me tomorrow. God has dealt with my son, therefore he is for me. Therefore I can confidently state I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me no longer controlled by fear. But now my emotion, my prevailing emotion is love. I am settled and established in the unconditional love of God, something we're not familiar with because people love conditionally. Agape, unconditional. Romans 5, 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit given to us. So a son's prevailing emotion, dominant emotion is one of love. I taught my kids, I don't care what you do, come to Papa. I will never reject you. I will love you. I will solve your problems. I will deal with your enemies. Your enemies are my enemies. I taught my children. My door is open at any time. Other people, restricted access. You as my child, unlimited access. Two o'clock in the morning. If you're in trouble, don't say, Oma, come help. You call your dad. Your dad's going to get up, show up and help you however I can because that's my boy, man. That's my daughter, man. And I'll tell you, you are God's boy. You are God's girl, you are God's son, you are God's daughter, you are God's child and that means God loves you unconditionally. You have access into the presence of God. Hallelujah. David said, when my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up because the Lord will never banish you. Hebrews 13 verse 5, the Bible says, for he himself has said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Romans 8 verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit, those are the sons of God. The Spirit of God is a Spirit of love. For you did not receive the Spirit of bondage again to fear. Slavery produces fear, which brings bondage. But you receive the Spirit of adoption. Say it again, so I'm adopted. Say it. Now, all of you say, I have been adopted. Say it. By whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So we are now secure or should be secure in the love of God and everything God's love brings with it. The question is, 
do we understand God's love? The height, the width, the breadth, the depth, the length, whatever of God's love, which is like an ocean, which is like the universe. There's no place you can go where God's love will not be. Unconditional love displayed through what? Mercy and grace. But because of our human understanding, our human experiences, we struggle with the concept of God's love. So we put ourselves in a place of judgment over who? Over ourselves and over other people. Because we fear, we're still controlled by a slave mindset, which fears the judgment of God, right? So we now need to understand that we are sons, but we have to think like sons. We have to embrace sonship and put on the robe of sonship. And when the devil comes to condemn you, you need to quote Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because the devil is always going to come and bring a slave mindset back on you. You go through a difficult time and he whispers in your ear, you open the door. Yeah, I opened the door in the car for my wife. So what? It's the respectable thing to do. Thank you. But what other door are you talking about, Mr. Religious Dude? Everybody opens a door every day. In your head, your mind, whatever. So your righteousness is in Christ. And then your security in the love of God is in what Jesus did for you. Not your works, performance, penance, but in what Christ has already done for you. 1 John 4 verse 17, the Bible says God is love. You look at some Christians who say they know God, everything they say is not filled with love. It's not God talking through them. Go read 1 Corinthians 13, what love is. Remind yourself again what love is. What is love? What is love? When we take up permanent, okay. When we take up permanent residence in the life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This we say, love us, the run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us, so that we're free of worry in judgment day. If you still still fear death, it's because you are not right with God. Because when you accept Jesus Christ, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, and this we know, when we come into God's presence, we shall assure our hearts before Him. And He talks about the love of God. We assure. That word assurance means we put our hearts at rest. I'm right with God. I don't have to earn God's approval. I have God's approval. I have access into the throne room of grace. Hallelujah. Oh man, this is good news. He says, our standing in the world is identical with Christ's. What is that? Righteousness. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear since fear is crippling. A fearful life, fear of death, Fear of judgment is not yet fully formed in love. So a son, but still controlled by the slave's robe or the biggest garment or the biggest mindset, again, because of our upbringing, maybe our relationships with our earthly fathers that we cannot possibly understand that God loves us unconditionally. While we were sinners, God demonstrated His love. You will never deserve God's love. God loves you, not because of you. Yes, because of you, but God loves you in spite of you. God loves you because He is God and He paid the price for your total redemption to adopt you into the family of God as a child of God. Say hallelujah, amen this morning. Come on. 
Our beautiful television audience watching this morning, I want to tell you that God loves you. God really loves you. And the greatest thing we can encounter is the love that God has for us. This is not a performance performance because then it's religion. We have God's attention. We have God's presence. He sent His Son because He loves for us. But this goes further than just salvation. It's to live the life that God has for you on this earth as a child of God. You have access to your Father by a new and a living way, the blood of Jesus. Take your right and your privilege and spend time in the presence of your Father. God bless you in Jesus' name. Come on, give them a hand clap. So as a child of God, we've been delivered from the bondage of fear and death. 1 Timothy 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, God's not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind. So now as part of God's family, Paul prays in Ephesians 3, you can read that, that one of the greatest revelations we need is to be rooted and grounded, established in the love of God, which surpasses knowledge, makes no human understanding that God loves you when everybody else wants to get rid of you. God loves you. I said, God loves you. I said, God loves you. Yeah, yeah, you've heard it a million times, but it must sink in this morning. God loves you. Your Father 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 loves you. You are His child. You are His son. You are His daughter. If He was here this morning, He would put His arms around you. If you were a prodigal here this morning, He would put His arms around you. Demonstrated by the father of the prodigal son, He will put a robe on you, righteousness, a ring on your finger, covenant, sandals on your shoes, which means sonship, no longer a slave. And He will restore you to your rightful inheritance because that's who God is. He treats you better than you deserve. He doesn't treat you based on your performance. He loves you. Even when you are unfaithful, the Bible says He remains faithful. So the second thing I want to focus on for three minutes is that sonship means privilege. No longer begging for crumbs from the master's table. I have privilege. And I think the greatest privilege I have as a son of God is access, unrestricted, full access into the presence of God. Hebrews 10 verse 19. Therefore, brethren, brothers, sisters, sisters, having boldness. Everybody say boldness. We don't crawl to God. We come boldly like any child. I mean, I heard my kids when they came up the steps or when they made their way to our room, even if the door was closed, you could hear, yeah, they come. Especially David, they don't knock. It's not tap three times on the ceiling if you want your dad. No, it's like boldly. You know, when you raise your kids, you can never control them with fear. Fear is demonic, fear produces bondage, fear is the opposite to love. You can't even control an animal with fear. You control an animal with what? Reward. Love. Inheritance. Amen. Righteous saints. Hallelujah. Boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and a living way, 
which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh when he died on the cross. Having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So what is he saying? We access our Father by a new and a living way, which is through the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood that was sprinkled on the mercy seat, the blood that was shed on Calvary for the atonement. No, for the remission of your sin. That is the remittance, the removal, the banishment of your sin so that you can come as a child. Lord, here I am, Father in Jesus' name. You have your Father's attention. You have the privilege to access. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. We come boldly to the throne of grace. Listen to me this morning, child of God. Be a child of God. Put on that garment of sonship and refuse the conversations and the, 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 the thoughts you had while you were still a slave. You are a slave no more. Your father loves you. Your father purchased you. Your father adopted you. Your father banished fear from your life and now you are accepted. You are loved. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Walk confidently before the Lord with full assurance in your heart. I am a child of God. I am born again. I am heaven bound. I have God's attention. I am blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. In the name of Jesus, begin to walk as a child of God. Hallelujah. Listen, His name will take you further than Oppenheimer, than any other famous name. His name will take you places you never thought possible. He has given you a new name. You have an inheritance in the person of Jesus Christ. You have your Father's full attention. And when your Father looks at you, He does not look at you with a single thought of judgment. He looks at you with love, 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 love. Come on, somebody in this place. Give yourself a hug. Give yourself a hug. Because God lives in you. Give yourself a hug and begin to feel good about yourself. I am a son of God. Oh, I'm a daughter of God. Say it. I am a child of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of God. I tell people who struggle with sin. I say to them, you're better than that. Sin is not the problem. You have to realize you are better than that. You are better than that. You are born again. You have the seed of righteousness in you. Put on the robe of righteousness. Awaken to righteousness and walk as a child of the living God. No shame, no guilt. And begin to say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm a beautiful daughter of God. I'm a beautiful man of God, handsome son of God. Oh, come on, stop this down talk. Stop this minimalistic thinking. Stop putting yourself in a small place and begin to celebrate that Jesus has delivered you from the robe of slavery and He's adopted you into the family of His own Son, into the family of His dear Son. And He looks at you this morning as a dear Son, a dear daughter. If He could write a letter to you this morning, He would say, my dear Son, my dear daughter, and the emotion will be love, 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 love. Come on, give the Lord a praise. He loves you, man. He loves you. He loves you. Come on. He loves you. The Bible says we love Him because He first loved us. I've got to fly away. Come on, just give Him a bit of a praise. Come on, be established in the love of God. Be established in the righteousness of God. Celebrate what Jesus has done for you. We don't earn this. 
We don't pay penance for our sins. We accept what Jesus did. No longer a sinner's garment. No longer a robe of slavery. Sons and daughters. I mean, how good is it? My boy is big as he is. Bigger than me now. I still hug him and, and say, I love you, David. I love you. It's like, call me someone. Family, that as we remain in a place of worship this morning, with every head, every head bowed and every eye closed and believers praying. Maybe you're standing in this place and as you heard this message this morning, that you have a desire to move into a place of sonship, to be that daughter of God. As we sang the song this morning, that I am a child of God, that even though you sang it this morning, you have no assurance of salvation. You're not even sure if you're walking in that, that God has for you. And you're standing here and you're wondering, but we wanna to say to you, God loves you. We heard this morning again and again and again, that the Father is standing with open arms, that no matter what you've done yesterday, the things that you've done in the past, that God loves you more than you can ever imagine. And maybe you're standing in this place and you're not sure. If you had to be honest, I'm not asking you this morning if you have a church membership somewhere, or you did some form of Sunday school, but I'm asking you, do you know that you know that you're in a relationship with Him? Because if you're in a relationship with Him, we can move from slavery into sonship. But it starts by us having that relationship. Maybe you used to serve Him at some stage, but things has happened and you've drifted away and you're not even sure where you are today. You have a desire and a longing to get back to God. As that prodigal son, he knew that he was lost. He knew he had to come back. But we wanna say to you that the Father is standing, waiting for you with open arms. Now, no matter how far you've run away, no matter how far you've been away in your thoughts, in your actions, in your deeds, God is calling you back. Maybe you're not even sure if heaven is your home, but you would love to make sure. If that is you quietly, wherever you are, as every head is bowed and eye closed and believers praying, and you're saying, God, I wanna come into that relationship. I wanna come back to you. Say, so if that is you quietly, wherever you are, just slip up your hand for a moment. Say, please pray for me. There's so many hands are being lifted. Thank you on the flank, here on the balcony, in the middle blocks. Come on, if that is you, we heard this morning that your works won't get you there, that you need to accept the finished work of Jesus Christ, that He paid for you on the cross. So come on, if you haven't lifted your hand, you slip it up now. Come on, maybe as a father, you need to bring your family back. It starts by you lifting your hand, taking your family and saying, come, we're going to serve God. If you have lifted your hand, you can put it down for us. If you have not, please be so kind to lift it now in Jesus' name. Come on, God loves you. Thank you for all the hands that are being lifted. Come on, maybe you're thinking that the sins that you've committed is separating you from God. It is by choice. God never wants it to separate you. He wants you to accept His forgiveness, His love, the price that He paid for you. 
but it's still your choice. So if you have not lifted up your hand yet, lift it up now in Jesus' name. Family, this is the best decision that you can ever make. And we want to encourage every one of you standing in the front that God loves you more than you can ever imagine. And your children will be better off because of the decision. The small babies that are in the front, think about the life that they will live now because of you making that decision today. The power and the impact that it will be for generations because you are standing for God this morning. But the most important thing is God has touched you in a very significant way. Now it's your responsibility to go tell others. After you go after this service, you have to go phone people. You need to tell them, I want to tell you what has happened in my life. Because what has happened to you will change them, transform them, bring them in. That they will get curious and they would want to come and see exactly where your life got changed. And you need to invite them. You need to bring them to church. Because that peace that you're going to experience in a moment, you need to tell others. There are people waiting on the other side of your obedience, as God touches you this morning, you have to go back to your family. There are friends, relatives, work colleagues that are waiting for you to tell them the story of what God has done in your heart. In a moment, we're going to lead you in a prayer. And after that, we're going to take you into a room that we would love to pray for you. And if you do not have a Bible, we would love to give you one. But it is so important that this is the step and the first part of it. And then we're going to walk with you. And we're going to ask you that as we go pray for you, we want to take your information we want to make sure that we connect with you in this week to come because we want to phone you. We want to walk with you and help you in this journey. We want to help you to move from that side to that side. And that comes through discipleship, walking with people close, shoulder to shoulder as they help and guide you. So you can please be so kind just to put your hand on your heart and just follow this simple prayer that God's going to come and change your life. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you, to forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again and that you live forevermore. I thank you, Father, that I can choose today to accept your forgiveness. I thank you, Father, that I'm a brand new person. The old has passed and the new has come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.